Ron told me I had to preach the message backwards tonight, so y'all hang on. Want to finish out what we started this morning about what's recorded in heaven on that glorious day. When we meet up with the Lord, we're going to be uh, having a good time as long as we got a good list. If we ain't got such a good list, it might not be so good. Right? Everything, as we learned this morning, is being kept down. It's, it's all being stored up in the books. And that's working toward what is rewarded. The Bible tells us that these things will be rewarded. 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 And then we saw this morning that there's going to be some things that they can be taken away. And so... We have to take all that in, you know. We want to get to heaven, and yeah, that's great, but that's not all that we're aspiring to be. We're, it's not just about getting saved so I can make it to heaven. It's we get saved, and now our love for Jesus is we want to serve him. And so, in doing so, we've all been given talents. We've all been given a way to help finance the cause of Christ. We have all kinds of examples in the Bible of how we are supposed to, to serve him. And he opens those doors for us, and we either walk through them or we don't. But if we walk through them, there's reward. If we don't, then we could be losing out on some of the things that we even have. And so I just want to recap real quick. This morning we, we got into the list. Those that minister... And that is everybody, it's not just the preachers and the pastors that are called, we all are to minister to one another. We are all to go out and take the gospel and reach the lost. It ain't just the preacher. If it's just that, and I think maybe that might be a problem in America that we see in churches really starting to dwindle. Everybody thinks it's the preacher that's going to go reach everybody. But, Brother Danny, these conversations you can have with people in your circle that they ain't going to receive me at all. They don't know me. It doesn't mean I don't give them that word, but we all have that, and that's how we reach those that are lost, those that are hurting. And if we study and we know the word, then we have scripture. If we stay in prayer, then the Lord's gonna, He's gonna, He's gonna provide for us what we need for what they need, because He knows, He knows exactly what everybody needs. And so, those words of encouragement that we may give to someone, even those words of correction. They're wrote down because it was what God gave us. And so it's all being wrote down. It's all being recorded. We talked about giving to people in secret. If you're doing it for men to see it, there's your reward. Whatever pat on the back you get, whatever good words that may come out about you, that's it. There's nothing in heaven stored up for you on that one because we wanted people to see what we were doing and we didn't have... You know, don't let your left hand know what your right is. Well, that's the guy over here and the guy over here. Do it in secret, and your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Opening our home to others. We have this of being able to take in, and we receive a prophet's reward, a righteous man's reward, a name, uh, uh, when we take care of somebody in the name of a disciple. There are different rewards. We covered those this morning. And the prophet's reward is, is when you take them in, you feed them, put them under your roof, you're taking care of them. While they're doing the Lord's work within your household, that's your prophet's reward. 
The soul gets saved. There's two check marks, one for him, one for you. And so that's what he's talking about there. Any acts of kindness that we do. Things are weighed in the balance. And we have to make sure that... Um, uh, that one bothers me, weighed in the balance. Because God knows the thoughts and the intents of everybody's heart. And there's a balance going on because he knows everything, every motive, everything. Continuously keeping the commandments, being enduring, patience, and enduring until the end, being able to endure, to overcome, to be that overcomer of whatever we're facing, the one that's going to bring in... Uh, uh, Just toughen it out. Somebody's talking bad about you. Instead of having bitterness come in, we're to endure and not allow that to come inside of us, which goes with the integrity. The worst thing that kills the integrity of a Christian is bitterness and unforgiveness. The very base of our faith is about forgiveness. And when we can't have that, it kills the integrity of Christianity. It gives those... It gives the devil actually bullets to fight with. And so we need to keep those out of us. And those are things that it's hard to sometimes when the flesh gets in the way, it's hard for us to, to maybe do that. But you see, the Lord is keeping record. He's keeping a record of all these things. He's, he says when you have to forgive somebody that's... Anybody know what I'm talking about? Those people that's just impossible to try to forgive them? They ain't never said anything positive. Nothing is good. Just negative people. You know what I'm talking about? And then all of a sudden they, they, they hurt you. They do something that they, it's, not, it's not a check mark in heaven. But yet our Lord tells us we got to forgive. Does anybody know what I'm talking about this evening? And then we got to get to that place and say, all right, Jesus, you said it, now I forgive you. And he knows the motives. And forgiving is we don't even remember it no more. We don't have it to pull up at a later date. If you're keeping record, hmm, that's not forgiveness. And whenever we get to that place that we truly have forgiveness, meaning it's forgotten, it's done, you mess up tomorrow, no, no big deal, I'm not even thinking about what happened yesterday, we're going to move forward. You know, God looks at us and he says, you know, I know how difficult that was. I know. Here's your reward. He's writing it down. It's getting wrote down in the books. And we left off with motive in ministry. Ministry is not just for the preachers. We was talking about Ezekiel when we quit this morning. And he was sent to the house of Israel. He was sent to the house of Israel. He was sent to... God's people. And what did he say? He said they were stubborn. Stubborn. And he says, I need you to take this word that I have. I need you to take this word that I have for them. I need you to give it to them. And it's hard for Ezekiel to do that. He says, you're going to be in these people and they're going to be like scorpions around you. They're going to give you dirty looks. They're going to do everything they can to do you in. But you hang in there. This is the assignment I gave you. 
And that may be somebody within our own homes. That may be somebody within our own circle of friends. That's our assignment. And we can't do it. We can't change anybody, but he can. But he can't work if we don't give what he gives us to give. We get afraid of it. We get afraid of them. We get afraid of doing these things. Why? These are believers. These are people that's God's people, so to speak. It's a picture of like going to the church or going out to wherever into this world. He's talking about his people. And so they're stubborn, and they're not going to listen. And he tells him, you know what? You ain't been in the Word enough if you're getting bitter. Eat this, and let it get good and sweet inside of you. You haven't been praying enough, and when we get to the place that we're there, then we're able to feed the people. We're able to give it out. You know, when we get to that place, we see that Bob, we always pick on Bob, Bob's out of character, and it's not for me to get even with Bob. It's not right for me to kick Bob to the curb. My place now is to go in prayer for Bob because the only one that can fix him is Jesus rather than not having anything to do. So that's what he gave to us. You see, ministry is not about the comfort zone. Any of you young folks aspiring to go into ministry, can I tell you, it's not about the comfort zone, and there ain't a whole lot of comfort zone in it. I'm going to let you know that. Brother, Brother Bays, am I right? Oh, we love Jesus and we love serving him because we're going to serve him. He's given us an assignment, but if you're getting into it for the comfort zone, it ain't there. So you find something else to do because that ain't it unless God's called you. If he called you to it, then understand what you're getting into. It ain't about the comfort zone. Ministry is not about enjoyment, and it is enjoyment, but if it's about enjoyment for you, it's the wrong reason disappointment will come and you're done. Let me tell you what ministry is about. To be a pastor, to be a teacher, to be some kind of leader, let me tell you what, to be a Christian. When you sign on with Jesus, you're his, you are a minister. A royal priesthood, I think we're talked about in the Bible. It's about obedience. Plain and simple. That's what it's about, obedience. That means when God tells you, like Ezekiel, we go, I need to tell the people this, and then the people say, oh, no, God didn't say that. You know he did. You've got to be obedient to the Lord. You know what I'm talking about? You've got to be obedient. You've got to follow what he gives you. So, and when you do that, you just remember, God is keeping record. When you're ready to quit and hang it up, get back into the word, get back into the prayer, get back into doing what God has given you, give what God has given you, and there's going to be those that's going to be offended by it, and that's okay. Let the Lord handle it, because he knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing. And he's keeping record. You don't have to worry about those things that you said that was took wrong. God knew what you meant. God knew what he meant. If it got took wrong, then he's got to work some work over do over here. That's not yours and my fault. Okay, this is talking at the, at the at Christmas table when we're talking to friends or family that we don't see much. And we have the chance to be able to let our light shine. All right, that catches us up. And so now we're going to go to 
what I call the duct tape one. Anybody have any idea what it's about? It's the words we speak in Matthew 12 and 36. But I say to you that for every idle word men may speak, they will give an account of it in the day of judgment. For by their words you will be justified, by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. Now that tells me there, this green duct tape Charlie had up here last night, said we won't fall over cords. You want a whole roll of that. Somebody says something to you, just put it on. You can't get in trouble. You know, I remember an episode with, with uh, Barney and Andy, and Barney was wanting to say something. Andy kept reaching over and putting his hand over his mouth, and he'd get ready to say, and he'd put his hand over his mouth. It's not the time. Don't say anything. That is what he's talking about. Every idle word. What is an idle word? An idle word has no purpose, right? It's just idling. See, you come around folks a lot of times, and a lot of people just like to hear themselves talk. They'll agree to anything or disagree to anything until they think about it, and then they're like, why did I say that? Want to change their view, want to change their mind. Those are what idle words are. They have no purpose. And when we start speaking idle words and we start adding them and talk, calling them what the word is, or we say, well, God said this, and God didn't say that, those are idle words. They don't really have a purpose. Idle words. They idle alone. And we're going to give an account for every one of them. Every time you or I open our mouth, I'm doing it right now, you either get a check or you get an X. That's what's going in the books. That's what's being rewarded. So here's something to take, Psalm 19 and 14. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. As we're talking to the Lord, that's a prayer every morning that we should learn and put it within us and ask the Lord, you know what I'm facing. You realize that. How many of you know, 10 minutes from now, we're going to be having conversations, or 20. We're going to be having conversations. We're going to talk about something. And that's what we need to be praying is, Lord, you know what's coming up. Somebody may be getting ready to blindside you with something. Who knows? Lord, let my words and the thoughts in my heart, everything, let it be acceptable to you. And he'll answer that prayer. He'll answer it. Because once it comes out, it don't come back. It's already out. We can get forgiveness. We should get forgiveness. But it's already out. Check marks or X's. One of the other things that's recorded in heaven is soul winning. In 1 Thessalonians 2.19, For what is our hope or joy or crown of rejoicing? Is it not even in the, pre in the present... Let me try that again. Is it not even you in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ at His coming? For you are our glory and our joy. This is soul winning. Our glory and our joy should be about souls. Next week we're going to talk about crowns. Modest, not crayons, but crowns. C-R-O-W-N-S. I said that the other week. She thought I was talking about crayons. We're going to have crayons when we get to heaven. 
lost in translation. So. But our joy is these souls. Joys are not the things of this world. Joys are not what should be motivating us. Joy should be when souls get saved. Told you this morning, two children gave their heart to Jesus last Sunday morning. That is something that we have to have joy about. That's something to build on and says, look what the Lord is doing. Despite of me, despite of us, he is still on the throne. And that needs to be the joy. Do you realize that mom and dad that sowed into those kids? Do you realize that Pastor Ashley that has sowed into those kids? Do you realize how much noise she's had to endure? Running? Throwing toys maybe? Who knows? But at some point last Sunday, that moment came. And it made it all worth it. You see, whenever we get to the place we don't like hearing and seeing those little feet running around, there's something not right in us. Joy comes from other things. Well, I get to take a trip next week. I'm going to the beach. Well, whoop-de-doo. Souls. We got to get excited about souls because you know what? That's where the check marks come. That's what gets written down. Not that you made 15 trips to the beach in your life. You went to Hawaii and Australia and England. That's good that you got to see it. Did you spread the gospel while you was there? Was you being a light while you were there? That's what matters. That's not a good amen. I get it. I understand. But that is supposed to be our glory and our joy. It's when new souls get saved and then it's nurturing them up. You know what? People don't know. People don't understand. People don't understand church that's never been in it. You can't expect them to get saved and know everything right now. Did you? If you think you did, you're wrong because you didn't. And guess what? If you're still walking, you still ain't there. There's still more to learn. There's still more for God to do in us. So we haven't reached some kind of pinnacle. That's wrong theology. That's not what's in this Bible. And so... That's our joy, is those souls. And we need to be excited about it. We need to be excited. Every time Jesus says, go witness, go give something, go give them a drink of water, go do something for them. You remember the Samaritan, the good Samaritan? He took the guy in, symbol of going into the church. He's the one that decides who goes, not us. There's not a litmus test for who gets to come through that door and receive salvation. Not a certain kind of clothes, not a certain kind of smell, not a certain kind of language, not a certain uh, ethnic group. We don't get to say that. Can I get an amen on that? Because that's good preaching. That's real right there. That's real. I'm not going to beg you for it. Lending to those who do not pay you back. Boy, that's a good one, isn't it? Guess what the Bible has to say about that? In Luke 6 and 35, but love your enemies. Stop right there. Love your enemies. Let's do a word study. That love there is, is uh, agape. It's unconditional. It's not earned. It's something you just give. That's what God gives us. If it was about earning, then we would have this hierarchy, but it's not. He said to love your enemies. He didn't say brotherly love them. He said unconditionally love your enemies well who is your enemy 
the person that keeps you awake at night, the person that makes your skin crawl when they walk in the room, that's the ones we got to love. That's what the Bible tells us. Those that are trying to hurt you, you got to love them. Do good and lend. Lend. Well, let's get the contract out. Before we lend, we got to make sure we're getting paid back. Now, we got to finish reading this scripture here. Hoping for nothing in return. That just blows up our American mindset all out of the water. Lend hoping for nothing in return. Who to? Enemies. Whoever. Lend hoping for nothing in return. And your reward will be great. Whenever you lend and you're keeping an eyeball on it, wondering if they're going to pay you back, you're keeping an eye on the interest rates and all these things here, if it's a nickel or if it's $5,000, that is your reward. And can I tell you something? There ain't anything that you've ever seen on this earth. There ain't no amount of money that can amount to the rewards that God has for us. Nothing. If we think it is, we got to get back into the Word. We've got to get on our faces and pray. Okay. And you will be the sons of the Most High, for He is kind to the unthankful and the evil. He's kind to all of them. The unthankful. So you do something for somebody, well, they didn't even say thank you. There's your reward. You just spoke it right out. Those idle words. That's the reward. Because you was looking for a thank you. You was looking for a pat on the back. That's not where the rewards are. I say you, if it fits where it, I mean, I could say me all the time, but that would sound like I'm self-centered. And I don't want you understand where I'm going at with this. If we're looking for that, motives were wrong. So we go back up to a few more of those other ones. Motives were all off. Therefore, be merciful just as your Father also is merciful. Freely you have received, freely give. Mercy. Freely we've received it, haven't we? Can we all say we've received grace and mercy freely? Can't earn it. And therefore, what we've received from Him, we're to freely give. To the enemies. The enemies. Now, folks, that's where rewards are. There's going to be a coronation day when we get in heaven. And these books are going to be opened. And it's all written down. Doesn't mean that you're not saved, but it has everything to do with reward. And there's going to be different statuses in heaven. There's going to be some people and but it's not going to be like we look at status. We look at status as in a rank system, but it is, but it ain't. But it says, look what God did. Look what this person allowed Jesus to do. Where does the glory go? It goes right to Jesus. You know, we're going to talk about these crowns next week. Call them hats. Well, that's sacrilege, Will. Being kind to an enemy. If your enemy is hungry, give him bread to eat. And if he is thirsty, give him water to drink. So, for so, you will heap coals of fire on his head. And what? The Lord will reward you. You see, back in the olden days over in the desert, you know, the desert gets very hot, and then when it gets the sun goes down, it gets very cold. 
people have roasted in the desert and died from heat stroke, and the ones that survived that same night froze to death. It's dry air. It, it, it just, when it's hot, it's hot, and when it's cold, it gets cold, and it gets cold with a quickness. And so what they would do, and I showed these kids in the thing, that you could take fire. You know, you had a fire built, and the next day you wanted to keep fire because it's not like you have a store you can go get matches or a lighter at when you're out in the desert trying to survive. And so if you take that fire and you put it in certain kind of woods or in certain ways, you're able to carry the fire with you. What did they do with it? They stuck it up on their head and they carried their fire. Now, if you came up on an enemy, an enemy... Now, that's, the, that's when, when, when the Lord talks to us about these things. We don't necessarily feel so good about it sometimes. But when we come up on an enemy that's out there, and he's going to die for sure if he don't have fire, he tells us what you're doing when you're being good to him, you're giving him that fire to survive. Why? Why? Because you know, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, I shall repay. He had mercy on us, and guess what? Next week, that guy might get saved and be your brother in Christ. So you're piling those coals up. What is those coals for? It's not to make them burn within. I've heard it preached that way. Oh, are they going to feel guilty? Well, I don't think that's what it means. You're helping them to survive until the day they can actually see the light. Wow. Isn't that a whole new spin? That's a whole new spin. But it's true. What's this? It's true. And so that's rewards. So someone is wrong to you, lied to you, conspired against you, whatever it is that they've done, don't get bitter because it's getting wrote down in heaven. And we're going to close that with prayer. In Matthew 6 and 5, And when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites. Who are they? The actors. That's what a hypocrite is, is an actor. Do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets, that they may be seen by who? More worried about what men see than what God sees. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. Hit the next one, Kim, please. But when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut your door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Yes, we have concert prayer, and that's good. But can I tell you something, folks? If the only praying you're doing is right here in church on Sunday morning or Sunday night, that's why bitterness starts seeping in. Because we're not spending one-on-one -on -one time with God in the secret place. Now, I can't say what motives are of a heart. But is it just to be seen of men? That's the question. I'm not trying, I'm, it's, not, it's what we have to ask ourselves. Do we do things to be seen of men? Or to be seen of God? And that's where the rewards lie. I know this is hard. I know this is hard, but the only reason it's hard is when the flesh gets in the way. When the Spirit's in there, we rejoice because this is good truth. And I don't want you going to heaven someday, because you see, that's what God gave me. It's kind of like an Ezekiel moment, you know. You got to give this, okay? I'm going to give it. 
I don't want you getting there someday and we meet, you know, going between Jupiter and Mars or something, and you say, how come you never told me these things? Because I don't have a crown or I don't have many rewards. Because when he opened up my books, all these things, you never told me. You never told me. That's what it's about. That makes us all happy. By the way, one of the biggest rewards is, is when we do it his way, is we have peace in our spirits every day on this earth until we die. In our spirits, we have peace if we do it his way. Might make you take a phone call to an enemy. Put some hot coals on their head. And then spend some time in the prayer place praying for them. Do we still believe God saves people? So that means we pray. Otherwise, do we pray and we lift them up? That's the end of it. The crowns will be a lot more exciting next week, I promise. But you got to have the hard and you got to have the good. The eternal life, that was good. Now Lord's saying, this is what's going to be in the books. This is out of the Bible. Amen. So we're going to go to prayer right now, and then we're going to go eat us some birthday cake and anniversary cake. Friends, every time you pray, that's a place for a check mark in heaven. It's so important. Prayer is so important. And every time we pray, not so much for ourselves, but yeah, for ourselves too, because we know who supplies our needs. But when we're praying for somebody else that has a need, when we've had discerning in our spirit, no, no, something's going on. Maybe they just got a bad doctor's report. Maybe they've been forgetting things and they've been noticing they've been forgetting things. Just put them on edge. It's time to pray. Whatever the case may be, but every time we pray and we lift somebody else up to the Lord for a need that they have and we got things that were handed out, that's a check mark. That's a check mark. And when the books are open, man, what a prayer warrior. You see, it's not about the prayers that Ken prays or anybody else prays so much that we get the glory that God gets it. It's the fact that we did do it. Anything that we do that we don't do very well, he makes up for it. Right? You want to be a minister? You want to get up and talk in front of people? He'll take care of what is not right. He'll take care of the things you don't have because then it starts becoming that you lean on him and trust him. So let's pray. You have your prayer request tonight. They're going to give us some prayer music for a few minutes, and we're going to pray. The most important thing you'll do tonight will be your prayer time.